0: The one. Uh, yeah. We the ones they talking about. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's talk Broadway about. Sports Media. Choose your
1: fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person.
2: I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately.
1: Quarantine and chill.
2: We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Titans.
1: Welcome into the Music City Audible. Tennessee Titans podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media. We are partnered, of course, with 440 Sports Now. Be sure to check out 440sports.com. Be sure to go to broadwaysportsmedia.com. I am your host, Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, is Justin Mello. And we have a very special guest joining us for this episode to talk about the COVID-affected bye week John Glennon from Broadway Sports Media is here. Thanks for joining us tonight, John. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. A pleasure to join the Justins. Thank you for uh, for having me on.
1: Yeah, the Justin and Justin Show. Justin, what's up with you up in Toronto today? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'm, I have not been in the Titans
2: building, so that's probably best for me. And uh, and I'm excited. Today's the Justin and Justin and John Show. So how about that? The three Js.
1: And if we cut you out, we could be the
0: JGJG JG Show. That's a good. Point. That's true.
2: This is. That's my fault. I'll, I'll
1: leave now.
0: <laughs> That's not, not a hint by any means. Just don't, yeah. don't, don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> trying to get you off your own show or replace you with John Glenn? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what's happened this week because it has been a whirlwind of a week for Titans fans, for those of us trying to cover the team, because obviously Tuesday morning we found out that players within the Titans organization had tested positive for COVID-19, we had three players test positive, five staff members, and this is on the heels of finding out that Shane Bowen actually didn't even travel to the Vikings game in Minnesota because he also tested positive for COVID on Saturday. So huge impacts. There, we, It was kind of unclear what was going to happen. Would the game be played on Sunday? Would it get moved to Monday or Tuesday? And after um, another couple positive tests on Wednesday and Thursday each, multiple t- positives on Wednesday and Thursday, in the building between players and staff members. Mike Vrabel confirmed that a few of those are coaches. We don't know how many or, or who. The game has been postponed completely. So the Titans are now going to be taking an involuntary forced bye week in week four. Not totally unprecedented for the NFL. In fact, 2020 is only the second season that they haven't had week four be a normal bye week. Outside of 2017 was the other year. So week four bye is not the end of the world. Titans and Steelers don't know when they're going to play yet. It could be week 7. There was some talk Tom Pelissero on NFL Network talked about how they could be playing week 7, which would move the Steelers and Ravens game currently scheduled for week 7 back to week 8, force the Steelers into a week 4 bye, which they are doing already, and the Ravens are currently scheduled for a week 8 bye would then have a week 7 bye. So, you know, that approach affects the Ravens who are just kind of a bystander in this whole thing. The other option is to just add an extra week to the end of the season, push the playoffs back, or leave the Super Bowl where it is and remove that week off. John, I'll turn to you first. Do we have any information or any indication, at least, of where the NFL is leaning on moving this game to?
0: No, uh, not any concrete information. You know, I, I, I certainly, you know, my my guess would be that, that bye week uh, seems to make the most logical sense and, and require the least logistical Uh, manipulation at this point but you know I I guess to me maybe like a a bigger question uh, as far as the league goes is you know do we think this is going to be the only outbreak I'm sure you know everybody hopes so certainly the NFL does we all do but this is week four and we have one team with an outbreak you know as we go week five six etc are there going to be more teams that have to miss games because of outbreaks and if so how hard is that going to become eventually for the NFL to try to keep juggling schedules? Eventually it's not going to be possible if, if, you know, there are a number of these uh, outbreaks that pop out and there's no guarantee they will, but certainly a a possibility. And, you know, if if you can't do the same thing for every team, then all of a sudden, you know, obviously some teams are going to say, well, why couldn't, you know, why couldn't you move things around and, and give me an open game? You did that for the, you know, for, for the Titans earlier. Um, wonder, you know, how that'll work. Um, you know, what, what kind of precedent uh, is set here and, and how that will uh, impact the rest of the NFL as we go on.
1: Justin, what do you think about the idea of like just postponing the playoffs in sort of a TBD kind of setting? Because I think that would allow for the the possibility of other teams needing like a week or two, if, if one or two games is affected to, you know, ha- have a makeup week that could be applied for the whole NFL so that it wouldn't just be, like, rearranging some bye weeks and then the next time this happens, oh, no, now what, you know? I I agree with with the point that uh, John made there. I I do
2: think, obviously, for this scenario, you know, you seem to be able to shuffle the schedule with with ease um, with the whole week seven and week eight scenario, but you do have to think... If this happens again to someone else, you know, there is going to become a point where you can't keep shuffling things. So I do think that potentially the idea of postponing the playoffs by a week or two and adding an extra Sunday. And if you put the Titan Steelers game there, then that certainly opens up the possibility where you can play some other games there. Right. Again, God forbid that um, that we have to do that. But I do think it would make sense um, to to have sort of that flexibility, because, again, this week, seven, eight scenario, it works out really well. Let's be honest. Right. For the teams impacted. But that's, you know, very unlikely to be the case if there are future outbreaks. So I think the idea of potentially putting this, you know, as as a week uh, 18, so to speak, right before the playoffs, uh, I, I wonder if the league is
1: quite tempted by that as well. And I wonder if we haven't heard yet what they're going to do because they, you know, they're still talking it over or or if there is a plan in play. Like they had so all offseason, they claim to have plans and protocols for every situation. Right. So maybe they already have this worked out and they're just waiting to see, you know, what if Friday morning comes back and the Titans have 10 more positives? Like we're recording this on Thursday night. We don't know what could happen. Yeah, there was only one player positive on Thursday and one staff member. But with the incubation incubation time period for covid, like. Luckily, no Minnesota Vikings have tested positive yet, but that doesn't mean that they won't on Friday or Saturday or even Sunday morning. So if that happened to Tennessee, then you start questioning if they can even play the Bills game. And so maybe that's why we haven't heard an announcement yet. I do think the Titans may be in an advantageous situation, being the first team this has happened to, assuming it happens to another team. If it doesn't happen to any other team, obviously it's not an advantage. But... There could be a scenario where they just decide to cross their fingers, reschedule this game for week seven, hope for the best for all the other teams, and then it does happen again. And that game is either canceled outright, or a team is forced to forfeit because they don't have the weeks left to move the schedules around or something like that. So by being the first team and by saying, we are moving this game, it will still happen. Do you think the Titans, do you think that's in any way a good thing to be the first ones, be the guinea pigs?
0: I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do believe that because I think what the NFL is basically doing right now is taking a, you know, uh, we'll deal with this one right now. It, you know, hopefully there'll be no more outbreaks. And if there are, we'll cross that bridge, you know, when when we get to it. Let's just deal with apparently and, and uh, you know, hope, hope for the best going forward. So the Titans wind up you know, and and it, we, we sound maybe, I hope we don't sound, you know, shallow talking like this because obviously everybody's first concern is the, is the health of players. But, you know, we wind up talking about it as what happens to the team because of COVID as well. Um, but also, you know, the, the fact that the fans uh, are, are indeed a little, little banged up uh, right now, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, Taylor Lewan, A.J. Brown, Dory Jackson, Chris Jackson, you know, there were all question marks going forward, so I, I think they benefit too from the the fact that they'll get added time now uh, for, for those guys uh, to heal, and you have to feel you know, a little bit for the, for some of the other teams that are involved, you know, the Steelers for instance, uh, have to rearrange their schedule through no fault of their own, the Ravens, you know, uh, will we- they go according to the week 7 plan the ravens will have to rearrange their schedule will will basically not have a full bye week because all of a sudden this became their bye week so you know i i do think some other teams are are even more adversely affected um than are the uh, than are the titans right now
1: Justin, I want to get your thoughts on blame because John, you mentioned it there. Through no fault of their own, you said about the Steelers. Do you think the Titans is this through fault of the Titans' <laughs> own? I mean, it'd be easier to answer that
2: question if we knew, you know, that they weren't following protocols or or exactly how, uh, you know, who contracted the virus first and, and how they did so. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I'm sure they're not thrilled up there. I think it was Eric Ebron, uh, the tight end. Uh, He had tweeted something today that was uh, pretty funny, basically saying, look, this isn't our fault. Why why do we have to sort of uh, be impacted in in the way that we're being impacted? So uh, it's not easy to answer that just because, again, if, you know, if we knew the Titans were careless then, you know, they're, they're 100% to blame and you feel even sorrier for the other teams, right? So I, I just pulled up the Ebron tweet because I, th- I thought it was pretty funny. So what he said was, I'm confused on how this became our problem. My son's birthday party was bi-week and now I'm missing his birthday. It's bad enough. I don't really see my kids. This shit sucks. So... Uh, you know, I think it's fair to assume that there are other people up there in Pittsburgh and probably some people in Baltimore as well who uh, who are who are really angry with the Titans and are not uh, thrilled with this news at all and certainly not thrilled with how it's impacted their schedules.
0: Right. And and to me, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting also, uh, you know, if, if the NFL does look into, uh, you know, and I'm sure they they will try to find out exactly how this got started. And, uh, you know, if there is, if they can, uh, if if technology is is enough that they can figure out, you know, exactly which player or or coach, if there was protocol broken and we don't know that there was, this may have been, you know, something that couldn't have been helped. But, you know, you wonder uh, if something is discovered or revealed at some point that the protocol was broken by the Titans, you know, is there some type of, of punishment? uh that that goes along with this because you know right now the league is making you know quite the effort obviously to uh to make things work for the titans they're uh you know changing other teams schedules most most likely um you know they're they're letting the titans get by without having to, to forfeit a game uh, and you won't happen you know with all this contact tracing and so forth if uh, it's discovered somehow, and again, we're not uh, saying this will be the case. But if there was a, a some protocol broken, um, what you know, this is uncharted territory. What would the the league decide at that point? Uh, how would it how would it work?
1: And it's so it's very surprising to me now that we sit here on Thursday, October first, looking back at last week and how everything unfolded, knowing that Shane Bowen tested positive on Saturday and the game proceeded as scheduled. And I know everyone that he was in contact with and everyone on the team on Sunday morning all had to go pass a test and prove that they weren't positive. But we don't know, like there's that whole three to five days incubation, one to three days before you start showing symptoms, before you test positive. Can you be um, contagious and transmit the disease in, or virus? And we still, honestly, as a, as a society, don't even know that much about this virus. One thing that I'm worried about is the long-term impacts Players like Christian Fulton, DaQuan Jones, Bo Brinkley, Kamale Correa, all tested po- and I'm, I'm and Tommy Hudson all tested positive, along with uh, May- Greg Maben. Is that his name? The practice right. squad practice player. School. I mean, these guys are going to have to go. Obviously, the testing procedures to get back in the building, but then they're going to be monitored by doctors looking at you know like EKG outputs and how their hearts and lungs are responding in the in the days after healing from this virus. We don't know what this virus does to you long-term. We don't know what this virus does to an athlete if it has any more effect, if it is just like the flu and you're fine afterward. Like, we really don't know anything. So any concerns going forward about the Titans? Obviously, it's nice they don't have to play this week. They don't have... You mentioned the players who've been dealing with injury, but obviously the players who tested positive for the virus would not have been able to play this week, obviously. Do you think they're back for Buffalo, or do you think there's going to be a longer process that they have to go through where maybe they don't make it back? John, I'll go to you first.
0: Sure. You know, I, I think it's certainly going to be impacting the, uh, the Titans next week as well. Um, you know, we know Titans coach Mike Rabel uh, said for this week that at least some of the players that have tested positive were symptomatic. Um, you know, he, he described it as nothing too serious, you know, flu like symptoms, but the very fact that you have any symptoms at all, uh, basically ensure that you're going to miss at least 10 days uh, before you're allowed to do, uh, to do any kind of team activities, um, at all. And, and then he described, um, you know, again, whether it's symptomatic situation and you can possibly return quicker or symptomatic, and it's at least 10 days, you're also going to have a little bit of a a ramp up period for some of these guys. Whereas you mentioned, Justin, you're, you're looking at EKGs, uh, you're, you're observing how they, you know, how, how the, how they react um, as the, as the conditioning level increases. So I think it's certain that uh, some of these guys won't be back in time for Buffalo and, and there are question marks uh, for others as well. So to me, the, the real question is, does this trickle of names that we have seen for the last few days, does it keep going? Like you said, do we see another group tomorrow or another group, you know, over the weekend, maybe right now it's still manageable, but you know, why would it, why would it stop here, I guess, is my question. Uh, is there any good reason to think that it will uh, when we keep seeing one after another uh, you know, virtually each day here?
1: All right, let's talk about maybe the origin. I mentioned Shane Bowen. I mentioned Greg Mabin there, the practice squad player. John, you wrote a great piece for Broadway Sports on Thursday talking about this, going through. I don't want to give away too much because you guys got to go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and read the article. But there do seem to be two working theories that, for at least trying to identify what people are kind of jokingly calling patient zero in the Titans building. Do we think that the defensive back, Greg Maven, signed to the practice squad is more likely to have brought the virus in? Do you think it was Shane Bowens doing, or we've heard this story about this bus driver in Minneapolis that tested positive. Do you think we know, do you think we'll ever know? I guess is a
0: better way to ask who patient zero was. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, question, huh? and that's, that's sort of what I was referencing earlier when I, I wonder, you know, they do have incredible technology in terms of contact tracing, and, and you can tell, you know, who is within six feet of, of who and for how long, you know, so maybe these things will, uh, you know, help us figure out the mystery. But, um, yeah, the, the two main theories are, of course, that the practice squad player, Greg May uh, was signed on September 21st, a Monday, uh, on Thursday, the 24th, placed on COVID. Now, of course, the, the immediate question, you know, natural to ask is, so wait a minute, this this guy was in, in the building, you, you know, uh, uh, working out, trying out for the squad, and, and, you know, you didn't even know that he had COVID. Well, no, that's not the way it works. Even to get a player into the workout, he has to go through uh, numerous tests, be different tests over a span of uh, three or four days to get in to the workout so he had clearly tested negative before the workout but we go back to the word you mentioned the incubation period even if he wasn't showing symptoms he clearly uh, something happened in, in the first few days and then the the other theory um you know whether maybe maybe passed it on to shane bowen the, the defensive playing collar play caller um or not you know no one can be sure at this point because he uh, obviously, was ruled out of the team flight on Saturday, two days after Maven was placed on, uh, on, on COVID reserve. Uh, and that, that to me is, is you know, technically it, it looks there was no protocol breach uh, by, by taking the team on Minnesota despite the fact that, that Bowen had, had tested positive. But it's just an odd look uh, uh, to me. You know, a guy tests positive who obviously has been around the team all week and so forth, and within a few hours, we don't know the exact time frame, they leave to Minnesota, you know, obviously all together in a plane. They're busing together. They're in a hotel together. They're playing a game together. It's just an unusual look. And, And you wonder, even if the Titans did follow the right protocol, should that protocol be changed maybe here?
1: Right. That's what I was kind of getting at earlier when I said like why that game going being played like it's crazy that no one knew at least in the media or fans or anywhere knew that Bowen tested positive like that should have been something that was reported to the NFL. I don't know. I agree. The protocols seem really strange. Justin, are we missing anything here?
2: No, I'm kind of glad you guys said it because I'll be honest all week. I've been thinking to myself that I'm kind of shocked that more hasn't been made of Bowen testing positive, you know, being left behind. No, Again, nobody even knew this until I think it was Monday, right? A day after the game that he was left behind. I mean, what did you really think was going to happen, right? I mean, if he tests positive and he's been around the team all week, um, I'm really surprised that more hasn't been made of that. At least I feel like throughout this entire thing, um, that really hasn't been much of a talking point, right? That, that this really happened with Bowen potentially uh, in Minnesota. So very strange to me that... Um, that that went down the way that it did, and certainly not surprised um, that so many cases have popped up again. Whether it started with Mabe or Bowen, Bowen obviously being a guy that's going to be around the team
1: um, so much, it's just a sort of an odd scenario to me. Yeah, and I do think it's it's interesting that the way the virus tra- is transmitted, and again, we still don't know so much about it, but like certain blood types can like be protected from transmission based on the other person's blood type. And I know just like personal anecdotes are a very small sample and don't really reflect the larger problem. But just from talking to some people, like I have a friend who his wife had it. She was tested positive. They slept in the same bed and he never got it. He never tested positive. He, He got tested a few weeks later for antibodies and never had it. I have another friend who had a fever on and off for 28 days straight and went and got tested numerous times and was negative every time. It's like, was that just a weird test? Was that some weird virus of another kind that is just rare or whatever? Like, there's so much about this that that is still so unknown. So the fact that different guys from different position groups, different sides of the ball, like, when was this guy in contact with this guy? Like, maybe doesn't even necessarily matter. Like, if they all get their equipment in the same room and, like, a guy coughs into his sleeve and then that gets taken off and thrown in an equipment basket and somebody touches it as they walk by. Like you, you have no idea how this is transmitted. Right. So I think it's kind of futile to sit there and say, well, those two guys Correa and Daquan Jones, maybe they were together, but how did Bo Brinkley get it? Oh, maybe they were sitting next to each other on the plane. Like we it's, it's on, honestly irrelevant in my opinion. But anyway, we've talked a lot about the, some of the advantages the Titans will face by not having to, play this week by the schedule makers having to figure this out with them first but I want to get into more of the disadvantages now week four bye I mentioned it being not that abnormal but it is early in the year and not only is it early in the year John you touched on this earlier it's not a bye week where you like wake up on Monday morning thinking all right a week to relax and recover spend time with my family maybe take a little trip or maybe not during COVID times but whatever it is This is like the Titans get to practice on Tuesday and they're like, everyone has to go home. They're like, what? Everyone has to go home. Okay, cool. That's interesting. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to meet virtually this whole week, planning like we're going to play Sunday. Okay, cool. Next day, we're not going to play Sunday. We're going to play Monday or Tuesday. So we're going to slow the schedule down, maybe get into a real walkthrough style all through Zoom, I guess, on Thursday. Well, come into practice on Thursday or meetings on Thursday, and it's a totally new schedule. This kind of, just like, I think Mike Vrabel said it best, the biggest challenge is psychological. John, what are the disadvantages this team faces? Anything that I missed or anything there that you want to emphasize?
0: No, you know, I, I think one thing maybe to, to offset that just a, just a tiny bit, um, you know, we have to remember that uh, at the very least, you know, the, the Titans are a little bit used to this more so than they would any other year. Um, simply because the whole off season, you know, the OTAs, rookie camp, mini camp, uh, et cetera, you know, was, was wiped out by the, by the COVID situation. Uh, And so there was so much done virtually uh, season that they necessarily brand new territory. You know, they're not trying to figure out, uh, you know, how a zoom works, what a zoom is at at this point, you know, they've, they've been there, done that and everybody's fairly comfortable going to it. But, you know, I, I think, Kevin Byard, you know put it very well the other day when, when he was explaining it he said you know basically we start our days every day you know we go in and we watch film um, you know and and we we learn things and then you know in the afternoons that's when we go on the practice field and show that we have learned these things or you know hopefully not not learned uh, these things um, so you know clearly that's the that's the the big thing uh drawback here you know you can you can meet on zooms and and you can uh go over things on on uh you know chalkboards or or whiteboards or uh uh, you want to do on on zoom um but it's just not the same as getting out there and and saying oh okay i thought it was i thought you meant we were going to do this pattern i thought you meant this type of coverage now that we're out here on the field i see it differently and uh, you know that's that's clearly what the Titans are missing. They they missed it this week, and wouldn't be a surprise if we, you know, find ourselves in in maybe similar situation. Uh, maybe not going ahead uh, next week.
1: Right. We still don't really have any idea what the uh, when the Titans will be allowed back in the facility. It's obviously going to be a day to day thing. What did that note from the doctor the NFL's doctor say that who's advising on this said something like? When it's safe that there, when we can see no more tr- evidence of transmission, then we'll let people back in the facility. Like, what does that even mean, honestly? Justin, disadvantages here for this uh, affecting the Titans this week?
2: Yeah, one obvious one for me. Is um, you know having to to come in and and, and play 13 straight weeks of football, uh, at least 13 straight weeks of football, right? And that's not including playoffs. Um, with having a week four bye, I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but I've seen I feel like I've seen a lot of optimism out there. Oh, this is great for the Titans, you know? They're gonna get Taylor Lewan back, and they're gonna get AJ Brown back, and they're gonna get Adoree Jackson back. Absolutely, that's all good and true. This time is gonna be good for those players. But time is going to catch up to them at some point. Like they're, they're, you know, you're, there's going to come a time where week 11 or 12, let's say, where they're going to have three or four guys hurting. And we're all going to think, oh, it been, maybe it would have been nicer to have a later bye week, you know. So, well, yeah, it is nice to get these guys healthy now. I have no doubt in my mind, at the risk of sounding pessimistic, that this is going to catch up to them at some point. There's going to come a time where Roger Saffold is banged up and Kenny Vaccaro is banged up and Malcolm Butler is banged up. And we're all going to say, oh, damn, well, they've played 10 straight weeks of football. You know, no wonder they're banged up. So, yeah, it's good now, but it's, it's going to catch up at some point, in my opinion.
1: It's interesting because uh, there was a study done, or I guess an article written by Ian McMahon, your former colleague John at The Athletic, who talked about the effects of the bye week, kind of trying to see if there was a correlation between late, early, or mid-season buys and how teams did in this throughout the year. And the main gist of it was there isn't really any correlation between the injury rate for players and the bye week for players. And when it comes to winning, you know, like, I don't know, this is anecdotal, but the 49ers went to the Super Bowl last year after a week four bye. The Steelers, the last time that they had a week four bye, won the Super Bowl that season. just happens to be random. But Mike Vrabel talked about how he went went on to go to a Super Bowl one year when he had to have an early season bye. Taylor Lewan on Bustin' with the Boys, I don't remember which episode this was, actually said that a lot of players like earlier season buys because players get into this routine towards the end of the year. And if you have like a week 11 or 12 buy, like the Titans last year had a week 11 buy, can kind of interrupt your flow and the routine that you've gotten, especially if you're building a rhythm towards the end of the year. So I don't necessarily know that it hurts. It definitely doesn't help to have to play that many weeks of football straight, but we've been talking all, all episode, if the NFL adds an extra week at the end of the season, there's a potential break. If the Titans are really good, they're 3-0 and right now, maybe the starters don't have to play week 17. There's a potential break. If they're really, really good, you get that one seed. I don't know how realistic that is to hope for, but it's not out of the question, especially with the start that this team... So they've positioned themselves well to deal with this. And also to your point, John, about how the Titans aren't always... At least the Titans aren't unprepared to deal with a a crazy situation. Yeah, they've been doing virtual meetings, but how about Mike Vrabel? Just since he took over the beginning of 2018, his very first game... Hurricane affected, longest game in NFL history. I mean, Mike Vrabel has had to deal with curveball after curveball. The COVID offseason, obviously everyone had to deal with that. But now it's Mike Vrabel is the coach of the one team with the outbreak, at least right now. I kind of like that Mike Vrabel I mean, I think Mike Vrabel, my favorite thing about Mike Vrabel, I guess, as the coach in this kind of situation is his like, all right, this is what hand we've been dealt. Let's do it. No excuses. We're not going to complain. We're not going to turn on each other and bitch and moan about how unfair it is for anyone. We're just going to move forward, and this is what we got to deal with, and that's what we'll deal with.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you. You know, I, I think back to when when um, Mike Vrabel was hired by John Robinson, and the, on the one phrase that I can remember uh, John Robinson used, you know, maybe more frequently than any other, um, was was "leader of men" when, he, when Mike Vrabel, um, you know, really present those strong, strong leadership characteristics, uh, and uh, not complaining too. Yeah, there are a couple examples of that. Um, you know, uh, rules. You know, he Mike Vrabel constantly deals with questions. Like, you know, what, what do you think about the? You know, this rule that blah blah blah. You know, all the 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 holding they're getting away with this year. What do you, and and he's like, hey that's it. That's what they're calling. That's what they're doing. Tell me what's, tell me what the rules are. We'll, we'll play to them. You know, he, he's not a, a, a complainer. Um, you know, I, I think back to even remember when the NFL initially put out all this, this protocol stuff, you know, this 70 pages of of COVID protocols that was going on. And there were a couple of coaches. I remember, uh, John Harbaugh, um, uh, being, being one of the coaches that said, you know, basically this is not humanly possible. We can't do this. Uh, you know, what are you thinking of? And Mike Brable was like, okay, if this is, if this is what you're giving us, is this, if this is what we got to do, we're, we're going to find a way to deal with it. And, you know, he's, he's a, uh, despite the fact that he's a very emotional guy, I, I think, you know, he, he's, he doesn't, uh, uh, lose focus either you know he, he doesn't like let emotion uh, get the best of him and uh, he, he does seem to be handling this pretty well um, he talked today about how that's just sort of his personality always has been um, it came to it naturally you know his parents were both principals uh, very orderly detailed type people um, so I think yeah I, I get the sense that Titans are in, in, uh, in, in good hands in this situation
1: Well, that will just about wrap it up for us here. Justin, do you want to add anything else? Thoughts as we head into what will be until we know, I mean, until further notice, this is the Titans bye week. We'll see if they get week seven off. But right now it's not looking like it. Anything to add before we get out of here? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I, I just want
2: to end with, and, and John mentioned this earlier, obviously, we you know, that this is, you know, a football podcast, a Tennessee Titans podcast, and we're going to focus on how this impacts the team. But certainly uh, we all hope everyone is as healthy as can be and, and recovers from this well and and doesn't have any impact on their families uh, or their immediate circles. So certainly, you know, thoughts and prayers uh, with the entire organization and with all the, you know, players and, and staff members who have tested positive and, wishing them nothing but a speedy recovery and
1: hope they can put this behind them uh, as quickly as possible. Well said. Yeah, well said. Well said. Anything you want to add, John, before we sign off?
0: Well, that's good. We can all go enjoy our big, long bye week here.
1: Yeah, we we got tons of rest and we'll get to enjoy our Sunday. No stress, no watching the high-pressure Titans drive down the field in the final minutes to kick their fourth consecutive game-winning field goal. We won't get that this week. Sorry if you were looking forward to it. I am looking forward to enjoying my Sunday and watching the full landscape of football. We only get to do this when the Titans don't play on Sundays, so it'll be quite enjoyable for me. That'll do it. Make sure you're following the show. We are at MCA Broadway on Twitter. You can find John at Glennon Sports. Justin is at Justin M underscore NFL. And of course I am at Titans film room. Be sure to check out broadwaysportsmedia.com officially partnered now with 440 sports 440 sports.com. All the Broadway podcasts are there. You can obviously find them on our site. And if you follow at Broadway TN on Twitter, You'll definitely see everything that we put out. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Broadway Sports Media. That's all I got this week. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll be back to preview the Titans hosting the Bills, assuming no other curveballs are thrown our way. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned.